0: All right, so my name is Richard Skinner, and I work with Troy uh, Chiapha. This is track four, uh, develop your campus, uh, Operate uh, operating within your gift set and personality. So first of all, I'm very glad to have you all here today. Um, Good to be able to be at SALT with you. Um, I've been coming to SALT now. My first SALT as a student was in 1996, and I've been coming to SALT somewhere um, since then. So it's been really fun and it's, it's uh, a, an honor to be able to teach and to share with you today. Um, I'm going to spend like the first part of our time up front uh, teaching a little bit and then I'm going to give you a chance to take a, um, if you will, spiritual gifts test. I'm going to get some friends of mine to pass those out uh, towards the last half of, of this class. I hope you brought a pen or something to write with. Um, My goal is that this test will help you to grow and to learn more about yourself yourself, as well as your giftings and kind of the way God has uh, wired you and what perhaps he wants you to do. Um, Today I'm going to share a bit of my story with you uh, before we get going. Um, Then we'll look at some scripture and then we'll take the test. So this is my family. (laughs) Um, My wife and I, uh, Dana and I got married in 2004. So we've been married 13 years, it'll be 14 this summer in July. Uh, Joshua, my son, is nine, about to be 10. And my little girl there, she is seven years old. Hannah is her name. So let me tell you just a little bit about myself. I feel it's important that whenever someone comes and they teach the Word of God to you that you know a little bit about who they are, as opposed to just coming to hear something from someone that you've never met. You don't know anything like uh, about them, like what makes them tick, how God has shaped them. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up in a mainline, uh, if you will, Christian church since I was a little kid. My church was very small. There was usually at most 25 to 30 people in it. For the most part of my life, I was the youth group. (laughs) And so I really, growing up, my senior class, I came from a very small town. My senior class had 34 people in it. It was small. (laughs) So I grew up with the same folks pretty much from K through 12. We knew each other really well sometimes too well. Um, And so during this time period, uh, since I was a little kid, I stuttered. And so that was always something that brought me a lot of shame. Uh, And long story short, it it really there for a long time until I was a teenager, I blamed God, blamed my mom and dad not not that they had done anything to me, but I blamed everyone that I could. I was bitter. I was angry. At the age of 16, my mom and dad and I, and we don't typically do this, but uh, we were watching uh, the grail. And I remember that night, although I'd been raised up in church, going to church my whole life, I heard the if you will gospel many many times for the first time that night i understood that i was a sinner i understood that god had died on the cross not just for other people but he had died for my uh, shame my bitterness my anger and i understood that i needed to make things right with him i understood for the first time that the people that i had hurt that I needed God to come in and to forgive me, and that I needed to seek those folks out and to ask for, if you will, restitution. And so I did, did, did that. And I could wish that I could tell you that everything after that was great, but honestly, I, I, I struggled with, if you will, selflessy loathing for a lot of my life. Fast forward to uh, Alabama. I went to college there in 1995 and got, got involved with Chi Alpha. The first small group that I ever went to, <laughs> I went one time and I didn't go back. The reason was I didn't, I was scared that if those people got to know me that they wouldn't like them, that they really wouldn't love me for who I was. But God got a hold of my heart and He he forced me. <laughs> through a series of other things, and he forced me to get plugged in with Chi Alpha, and I did the, the next fall, and I loved it. So much so that God called me to lead a small small group for two years, and my senior year, he called me to work full-time with Chi Alpha, and to preach God's word. And so that's why I'm here with you today, and I'll tell you the rest of the story in a little while. But now. Let's move on to what we're talking about today. Operating within your gift set and your personality, we're gonna talk about this. We have a a Venn diagram here. Many of you, have any of you played sports, baseball, any baseball, people, okay, or softball? In baseball, you talk about hitting the ball on the sweet spot, right? Bats, big long thing, but you wanna hit it on the sweet spot, the barrel. And when you do, when you hit the ball on that sweet spot, it's going to go far. But in life, with you and I, I believe that it's important that you and I work within our sweet spot. And that is, what I'm going to say, is the intersection where God receives, if you will, glory, where our strengths, our gifts, and what makes us who we are in our everyday life Where those three things meet, that's our sweet spot. And it's important that within the church that you and I figure out where that sweet spot is. Because all of us have a a part or a role to play within the church. All of us are called uh, to do what God has called us to do. But first of all, we're gonna figure out what our why is. So the first thing we're gonna figure out about the why is the church has a great mission. It's called the Great Commission. It says here, when the why is clear, the how is easy. And I think one thing that we want to make sure that we understand is why we are doing this. Why is Paiapa here? Why are you here? Why did you travel miles and miles, give up your time, spend money, to come here to Salt? Well, I hope that it's because you've been called to make disciples. We each have a unique role within that in seeing that take place. Now, you all know this. I'm sure you've heard it preached many times, but I want to go over it one more time. And I'm going to, if you will, emphasize a part of it that perhaps we don't think about very much. And Christ came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The emphasis that I have here for right now, for this part, and we could talk about this for the whole time, but we're not going to, but what I want to talk to you about today is teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. obeying all he commanded. I don't know if you've thought about this, but in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one-fifth of the Gospels are about Christ doing miracles, supernatural things, either him doing them or him teaching about them. Kurt spoke about last night. I have been hearing Kurt speak since I was a student Uh, back in the 90s. he's, He's a man of God, but he... He talked about last night about how Christ, 30 years, prepared himself and then God anointed him for the last three years of his life to go and to preach and to heal and to do signs and to do, if you will, miracles, supernatural work, that the Spirit of God was upon him, as it says in Acts, to do the supernatural we have, you and I, he has given us today those same gifts. I believe there's a seat back in the back. If you can. Okay, you got it. Um We today, he has said that he is going to be with us, and he is going to anoint us to go out to do the same work that he did while he was on earth. And so we're going to look at these four main giftings. Within God's Word, uh, the Apostle Paul gives us four listings of what those gifts are. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're not. the goal of this class is not really to talk about each gift. That would take too long, and we don't have enough time to talk about each gift. If any of you want to talk with me about certain gifts afterwards, we can do, we'll do that. But the main goal of what I want to talk to you about to, today with my time with you is about how to use those gifts to build up the body. And so we're going to be t- talking more about the con- context in which these gifts are going to be used. Okay. Um, so those four uh, gift lists set are 1 Corinthians 12, 7-10, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Ephesians four eleven through fourteen and Romans twelve through through eight. So manifestations of the Spirit. The first list we're going to look at is first Corinthians twelve, four through seven. Now there are varieties of gift but the same spirit, and there are varieties of ways to serve, but the same Lord, and there are the varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all everyone. every one. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Now, I just want to point out some things real quick here. It's interesting here that Paul talks about the triune Godhead here. He talks about there are various gifts, there are various ways to serve, there are various ways that you can act or work. And then he uses with each one, but the same spirit, but the same Lord and the same God who empowers all of them. Have you ever thought about the fact that within the Godhead, we we believe in one God made up of three persons? It's a mystery. <laughs> and I'm not here to like talk about that. But within the Godhead, there is diversity. And it's beautiful and it's rich. And it's too much for us to, to, to talk about. But one of Paul's uh, reasons for giving this listing is to talk about diversity. And that within the church, we should be a church that has all of these gifts that he's about to talk about. Four to one is given the spirit of the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge. According to the same spirit. Again, it's the same holy spirit that gives each one of these gifts to each one of Uh, Of us. To another, faith by the same spiritual spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And then, tongues. And then, also, interpretation of, of tongues. Verse 11 All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I just want to make take note of a few takeaways here. We already talked about the first one. We actually talked about the second one. But the first one, the reason Paul gave this gifts is because this church, the church at, at Corinth at, at this time, had focused on one gift, that of tongues. Now, Paul is not trying to say that Tongues is the least of the gifts. He's not saying that at all. What he is saying is that within the church, we should have all of these gifts operate. That the Spirit of God wills and longs to give all of these gifts to his people as he wills and as there is need. Again, that verse. And the final thing that I want you to take note of is that the Spirit desires to work through the body of Christ. And Paul uses that, if you will, image again and again. Is that it's for the common good. The fruit of God's work in you is seen on other people's trees. I want to talk to you about that just for a minute and just hang out here for a second. Kirk uh, Harlow Uh, talked yesterday, and he was talking about the fact that um, we aren't called to create fruit. We are called to produce fruit. But when you and I are connected to God, and the gifts are flowing through us, those gifts I want to propose to you are like, if you will, garden tools. And they help us to pair off things that are going to sap away strength, like suckers, that are going to cut those little things off, are going to trim away things that are going to allow us to produce more fruit. But a lot of times the fruit that we are going to make, or God is going to make through us, is not going to be just in our life, but it's going to be in the life of other people. You see, the gifts are here, for the common good. It's not so you can show off or you can, you know, speak in tongues or other things. The gifts are for the body. And it's to build up, it's to equip, it's to encourage each other. You see the gifts, Paul talks about them in in First Corinthians twelve. And then he goes in the next and he talks about in chapter thirteen. We'll talk about it in just a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he talks about love. And then in 14, he talks about how to use those gifts within the church setting. So between the gifts and how how to use the, the gifts within the, the church, we see love. And we must recall that it must be done for the common good. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping administrators, and various kinds of times. He does begin, the apostle Paul does begin to give us a hierarchical gifting, it seems here. He talks about first, second, and third, but then he breaks off. I'm gonna propose to you that we're gonna look at four gift lists, uh, and none of them are the same. And so before you start saying, well, there's this, and this is the best gift, but we should seek this gift, that's really not what Paul is getting at here. Paul is getting at seek God and stay close to him allow him to produce what he wants in you because these are gifts of the spirit as he wills for the common good within the group. Now the apostle Paul, he spoke in tongues more than anyone. And so just to make note of the fact, again, that he was not saying that tongues was the lesser gift because tongues is last here does not mean that tongues is the least gift. Um, again, he put it perhaps last because this church was focused in on this one gift way too much. So 1 Corinthians 12 31 says, that, uh, But earnestly the desire of the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And then 1 Corinthians 13 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So some takeaways from this. We're called to unity. There are there is no such thing as a long rang ranger ring, Christian. It's not about you and what you can do. We are a body. When you go back home, you're part of your Kyopha group. When you come here, you're part of a bigger thing called Kyopha in the Southeast. And even bigger than that, you're part of Kyopha nationally. And even more than that, you're a part of the church in the USA. And even more than that, you're a part of the church globally. God is doing amazing things through us. Psalms 133, 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And then he, he, he compares it to old running down that, the, the, the beard. And it's this, if you will, image of God's anointing coming where there's unity. Kurt spoke about last night uh, the fact that Christ has broken down the wall of hostility, Ephesians 2. How God has made, through Christ, you and I one. Doesn't matter whether we're white or black, or rich or poor, or you know, from around the world or from here. It doesn't matter. All these things that used to say who we are, all of these labels have been broken down by Christ, and now we are one through him. Jesus, Jesus is our unity. He has made us one. He is the one that we can know together how good and pleasant he is when we can dwell together in Christ as a brother. As sisters. Jesus Christ alone is our unity. Uh, Bonhoeffer says that. By the way, I would recommend this book, Life Together. Uh, It's an awesome book. He says, through him alone do we have access to one another. Joy in one another. And fellowship with one another. It's through Christ that we are made one. And, as I've already talked about, these gifts need to work in the context of love. Ephesians four eleven through 13, he's the equipper of the saints, and he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the uh, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Um, For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The gifts are there to equip the church, to equip you and I, to prepare us to go out and to minister. Develop Your Campus is about you and I preparing ourselves to go back home and to be missionaries for Christ. It's about you and your small, small groups, whatever you call them, little life groups or what, what a, 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 whatever the name is, is for you guys to equip others to reach others. That's why we're here. And the point is, is that we want them to mature. Proverbs 27:17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. I like to think of this like, like this. Back home, I have a, uh, a uh, grinder. And not too long ago, I was trying to cut some things in, in my yard, and my axe was dull. So I put my axe on that grinder, and it got, got sharp. And because it was sharp, I did the work quicker than what I could if it was dull. But iron on iron produces sparks. Kurt talked about the other day, don't be afraid when someone lovingly offers discipline in your life. That's iron on iron. But the point is not that... And when you do it with others, make sure that, that you do it within the context of love. But when it's done right, it can help you to, to do your job better. Do, do sparks fly, fly? Yes, sparks are going to fly. It's going to be difficult. It may even cause pain, but you'll be better for it. And God will equip you and help others to be built up so that they can do the work of God. Talk about the gifts of grace, Romans 12, 4 through 8. For as in one body we have many members, within the body of Christ we are diverse again. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one, if you will, one, let's see, body in, in Christ and individually members of one another, you and I are linked to each other. We, we have gifts that I'll, I'll offer according to, to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our, our, our faith, if service... And serve. Um, If one who teaches, in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhort in his exhortation, um, the one who contributes in the generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So these are the grace gifts uh, that Paul speaks of here. Now we've already talked about two of these things. Again, he talks about the fact we are meant, many, but yet we're one. But the final thing I wanna make note of is he says, let us use our gifts. We have an obligation to use our gifts. The saddest thing Jesus tells uh, a story, uh, Thomas, about he gives five to one man, and I believe it was three to, to the next, and then one to one man. And the man that he gave one, he went off and hid them. He talks about that in Matthew 25, 24 through 30. Don't be like this guy. This is Captain Kidd. Don't take your treasure and bury it. You may not think you have anything to offer anyone, but I wanna encourage you today, it doesn't matter who you are or what your gifts are, you have something to give to the church. When you don't use your gift, when you bury it in the sand because of your fear or because of your doubts or because of your selfishness or whatever, Your, if you will, excuse is when you bury it in the sand and you don't use it for the glory of God, everyone hurts. The church misses out. When you're too busy, the church hurts because you didn't use your gift. Let your gift shine. Whatever it is. Whatever God has equipped you with. Whatever he's called you to be and do, whatever your strengths, your gifts are, use those for the glory of God in your everyday life, in your story. So takeaways from all four lists. We've looked at the four lists of, uh, of the gifts. Diverversity comes from God. We serve Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We serve a triune God within His own self. He is diverse. We are one in Christ red, yellow, black, white, slave, free, um, national, international, rich, poor. We're all one in Christ. He has broken down every wall that would divide us. The gifts are meant to work within the context of love. And at any point, if we use the gifts out of selfishness, out of pride, we've stepped outside of the bonds of what God wants for his church. And instead of to help everyone, more times than not, we're gonna wind up to hurt everyone. But don't allow that fear To stop you. Check your heart. And do it out of love. And use your gift. The fourth thing I want to make note is that we're called to use our gifts to equip the saints for ministry. That's what the gifts are for. Gardening tools. To help us to be more like Christ. To be grafted in to that vine. So that he can flow through us. And so that we can if you will see our fruit produced on other trees in the lives of other people. Now, everyday life. How does this work out? We're we're talking about this one over here now. Uh, Your story. I would love to hear your story, but as you well know, we don't have time for that. (laughs) I would love to sit down with each one of you because you know what? You have a story. God is doing something in your life and I wish I could hear it because I enjoy sitting down and hearing about what God is doing in in, in the lives of you. You are future leaders. You're the hope of the church. I'm getting old. But you guys are going to be around for a long time. and God is doing awesome things in you. But since I can't hear from you i'm going to share with you the rest of my story or a bit of the rest of my story so i did uh the um internship with alpha at western washington in 1998 and 99 and god did some wonderful things uh in and through me during that time great staff team large group there um, and When I got through with the internship in 99, in the summer of 99, they uh, said that I could either do two things. I could go and lead a a group or I could go on staff. So I prayed about it, prayed about it, and I really wasn't sure. In the, in June of uh, 1999, I went to Stephen F. Austin just to go and check the the school out. I was still praying. And the guy who uh, led the the group there, he was about to leave. And they really had a need for someone to come in and to take over the group. So after I went there and prayed, I felt like God had called me to go and to serve there. So I I led the group there at uh, SFA in uh, Nacogdoches. Necdoches, Texas uh, from 2000 to 2008. And we saw God do some really good things but honestly it was a struggle. And during this time I had a conflict within my heart was I called to be the lead guy or was I called to be on a staff role. And I still wasn't really sure. We'd seen God do do some good things but I still didn't feel like I found my sweet spot. But during that time, I really enjoyed working with internationals. I just really enjoyed getting to work with guys and girls from uh, around the world, getting to share Christ with them, uh, helping them come to know Christ, and we'd seen some good fruit from that. And I really felt like God calling me to step down from a lead role to a XAI role. So I went to Texas State, and I served with uh, XAI, Uh, from 2008 to 2014. Um, During that time, I just really felt like this was my my sweet spot. And things were going really well, and we were seeing growth, and we were seeing guys and girls come, come to Christ, and things were really going well. And then a prophetic word was given over me. And it made me think, and it made me question. The word was, And I'm going to share it with with you all, because this is part of us learning um, about how God speaks to us and learning about who we are. So God shared with me through someone that didn't know anything about me. They shared three things, and they spoke three things over me. And I prayed these three things back. I was like, God, if this is you, then let what's you stick and what's not you, let it pass. And the three words were that you are the lead man. Okay. The second thing is that God was going to raise up people under you for you to train. I was like, okay, that's why I'm here. And the third thing was um, God is going to make a way for you and your wife and your kids. Because at, at this time, Let's see. Budget-wise, I was running maybe I was bringing in maybe two thousand per per month, and with a wife and kids, that's not much. And so anyway, I began thinking, well, maybe God's calling me to be the lead man. He He said, I am the, the number, I am the number one guy. That's what He verbally said. And so I began to look into the role. Okay, well, maybe I should go be the the lead guy somewhere. So I began to search and I began to look around and I began to pray. And doors were shutting left and right. During this time, my mom and dad, they got sick. Now I grew up um, close to Troy and I was like, you know, is there a group at Troy? And so um, in the spring, April of 2014, I called up, the lead guy at Troy. And I was like, um, this is what's going on with me. This is what God has, has said. My mom and dad is sick. They live close by, by you. Would there be any chance that you're looking for staff or someone to come into to work with you? And he said, you know what? We've been praying for you for three years. And then I found out that Troy, a small school of about 9,000 students, about 1,000 are international over a 10th from 70 nations. (laughs) I came in and I served there and within a year and a half, I went out and I raised all of my funds and within a year and a half, I was at full, if you will, budget. Just this past year, we started our first internship and guess what, I get to train another girl In XAI. I thought that God was calling me to a lead role, but what he was really calling me to do was to operate in my sweet spot in XAI. He was calling me to the nations. He was calling me to be the lead man to raise up others who have a heart to reach out to internationals and to see XAI grow not only at Troy but throughout the southeast and that I could have missed it all. But I patiently prayed and sought the Lord, and sought His will, and now, thankfully, I am working with Him my sweet spot. Now, you have a story. I don't know what it is, but we've talked about the first thing, the why. The goal of all of this is to give God glory to fulfill the great commission in our generation. Let's see it done. But it's going to take sacrifice, not just from me or not just from one or, or, or two here, but it's going to take sacrifice by us all, willing to say, you know what, I'll do it. I'll do whatever it takes to make disciples for Jesus Christ. But whatever you do, make sure that it lines up with what your strengths and what your gifts are. Don't try to be someone else. You don't have to be Kurt. Don't try to be me. (laughs) Be yourself. Know who you are and operate within the gifts and the strengths that God has given you. And so in line with that. I'm going to give you a test. <laughs> so I'm going to ask my friends from Troy if they'll come up here and they're going to pass out some uh, uh, a spiritual gifts test to you. Uh, I don't know that you will get through before the next class starts, but you can at least start. And so they're going to pass these out. I hope you have a pen or some way uh, to take it. I want to encourage you that this test is to help you to learn what your gifts and your strengths are don't overthink about it go with your gut don't sit sit here and say well i wish i was this or i wish i had this gifting or i wish i was more like this put down who you really are and what your normal thoughts are don't overthink this just go with your 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 gut Um, when you get through you're going to take the answers You're gonna take the answers to each question and you're gonna put them on this page. And that lines up with a certain gifting. So the goal is for you to learn about your giftings and what your strengths are so that you can work within your sweet spot. It's not up there anymore. But the goal is for you to, again, learn about who you are and how God has shaped you so that you can serve him. So for the rest of our time together, I'm going to allow you guys to do this, and I'm going to be quiet. If you do have anything you want to ask me, feel free to come up front, and we can talk about it one-on-one. Thank you, and God bless you all.